We pray that as you listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. Come on, I said, are you excited today? Well, that sounds like three people. That is pathetic. Come on, I heard more people shouting for worthless beads yesterday. Come on, we're not shouting about give me some beads. We're shouting about give me some Jesus in the house. Come on, how many people are excited in the house? Fantastic. And, and I pray this last week as we began the series, The Vow, last week, talking about being the person. I really pray that this past week you have changed your behavior. How many would lift up your hand and say your spouse changed their behavior or you changed your behavior and you're seeing great things happen over this week because we want to live by the numbers, not by the stats. And if you don't know what that's talking about, you need to be here in church every week because we talked about that. And I just cannot strongly urge you enough just to be constant and consistently in the house. Make that commitment each and every time, weekly, just to be here. I realize there's a lot of sickness right now. People are away on vacation right now during this weekend, and it's a good opportunity to get away, and we understand that. But if you at all possible, you need to prioritize and make it here today. And as we begin the message today, I want to give a disclaimer to every one of you. You know, when you go to see a movie, there's different ratings. We're going to give this message a PG-13 rating today. So what does that mean? It means that some of the materials that are discussed today are not going to be suitable for the younger crowd, for the children. So parents, if you've got your kids in here, we've got an incredible kids club out there. Here's what I suggest. I suggest you maybe take your kids out. If not, you may have some awkward conversations around lunch today. Mom, what was he talking about? Dad, what's that all about? Again, you know, we're we're not trying to scare you or not trying to cause problems, but there are some places in church that we need to go. I think we've shied away from those, and as a result, our congregations, our people, they don't know the truth, and you need to know the truth, and it's important to be told the truth, and and we're not trying to scare you. Look at your neighbor and say, it's going to be okay. Come on, tell them it's all right. As long as you're all right, okay? You you just better be all right. But there's some truths that may make us feel uncomfortable, but they're still the truth. And we see that in God's Word. Look what it says in John 8, verse 32. It says, and you shall know the truth. The thought is that you've got to first know the truth. And the truth that you know is that which is going to make you free. King James Bible says it's going to set you free. We need to be free. And it's only the truth of God's word that can truly bring freedom and liberty to our lives. And we've been talking about the vow. Many times in marriage, we should all know the vow that we have made to each other. But for most, unfortunately, here's the only part of the vow that they remember, till death do us part. We're miserable. We can't stand each other. We don't like each other. Our lives are just not what we thought they are. But 
We made a vow to each other that till death do us part, we're going to stick it out and we're going to ride it out and we're just going to be miserable for the rest of our lives. Wow, that's kind of sad. Because you made other vows in that too. You said for better, for worse. We know that. One guy says, I'm the better and she's the worse. Help us, Jesus. But you know that one of the vows that you said is this, to love and to cherish. To love. If we're going to remember to death do us part, we need to remember the whole vow. And that is that we are to love and to cherish each other. I think that means to love and enjoy loving each other. To cherish someone is to enjoy your time, to enjoy your interaction with them. In other words, to enjoy each other or to have fun together. I believe an important critical part of the marriage relationship is fun and we have lost that. We have lost that. In most marriages today, they're not having fun. They have lost that. And the thought of losing something means, implies that you first had it. You have to have something first before you can lose it. So it was at one time present. It was at one time there and it's still possible to have it right now. Come on, I'm preaching already and we're just in the introduction. I know you're not saying many amens, but I'm just going to give it to you today. And too many people today love each other, but they're not in love. I love him, but I don't like him. I love her, but I don't like her. That's a problem. That's a massive problem. Problem, And we want to see that change today because we don't want just people to have made a commitment, I'm going to love forever. We want people to have fun in the journey of marriage and enjoy each other. And that's why today we're going to bring fun back. Is that okay? Come on, we're going to bring some fun back today. And I realize that a lot of what we're going to discuss today is going to be more targeted towards those who are married. But there are still principles that every one of us need to grasp because these are truths that we all need to know. If you're single, these are truths you're better to learn before than after. Come on, these are truths that you can learn. And here's why it's important to know them now. Because you need to find a spouse. You need to find a mate that can fit into the principles and the truths that you want to live by. Instead of trying to decipher what are we going to do? What are we going to stand for? You need to know truths and principles so you can live by them. And one thing I've discovered is this. It's a lot easier to program than it is to reprogram. Once it's in there, it's hard to change it if it's not right. If you've ever been a golfer, you know what it's like. It's hard if you get into bad habits with that swing. It's so easy to go back to those habits. It's so much easier to learn it from the beginning right so you can keep it right. Come on, singles, you need to learn this from the beginning. So here's how it's going to be played out today. For all you singles, this is prep day for the test. This is your study guide. Remember the teachers at school? Come along, you're going to need to know this on your test. This is your study guide. If you memorize all of this, you're going to get an A. How many teachers said that to you? Come on, if you memorize all of this, then you're going to do okay on the test. For your singles, here's your study guide. For those of you who are married, this is a retake. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I'm sure a few of you, as long as Amber and Megan, they used to have to take some retakes at school. I know that much. But why? Because you didn't do good. You didn't pass or you didn't get a good grade. So the teachers would let you take a retake. Come on, today in marriage, if you're not getting it all right, aren't you glad that the grace and mercy of God is right there for us, that we can start getting it right today and that we can help raise the grade of our lives? 
And that's what we want to do. So let me pray with you all today. Dear Heavenly Father, we just pray, God, that you would speak to our hearts and lives today. God, we pray that you would so challenge us in our lives because these are truths that we need to know. God, not just suggestions. These are truths that we need. If we want to see a life, the vow, if we want to be happily ever after, and not a statistic, but make it through, God, we need to do it according to your truths and your principles. And God, speak to our hearts and lives. We open up our lives to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hope you're taking notes today. Please take notes and be a note taker in church. I think it's really important. We've entitled this message, Turn on the Sprinkler. Turn on the Sprinkler. Turn on the Sprinkler. And we're going to explain that at the end of the message and what we mean by that. But we want to look again today at having fun together. Is your marriage fun? Bringing fun back. One thing we're going to discover is this. Fun is not optional for a successful marriage. If you want a successful marriage, you've got to have fun. You've got to be able to laugh together, enjoy each other's company. Kelly's my best friend. You've got to have a best friend in the marriage. Not a best friend out of the marriage. They're good, but they should never take the place of the fun that you are. We talked about this in the earlier service. And you've got major problems if your fun is because your spouse goes out and leaves you alone. Come on. Oh, I love that. Let them go so I can have some fun. There are elements we know that young ladies, you like to go out with your girlfriends and guys, you like to go out and you can have fun. But let that not be the only fun. Oh, I'm glad when they work late because then I can have fun and do whatever I want. Come on. If that's where your home is, if that's where your marriage is, you need to come to Jesus. You need some things to change. You need some roles to change in the home because we want to discover once again to have fun together, to enjoy life together. Look at this quote from Martin Luther. He says these words. Let the wife make the husband glad to come home and let him make her sorry to see him leave. Isn't that a beautiful picture? That the wife creates an environment that the husband's looking forward to going home. And when the husband has to leave and he has to go out to work, the wife is sorry to have to see him leave. I love that. And that's how our homes should be. It's not just how they could be. They should be and they can be like that. we just got to bring the fun back into our marriage. So let me ask you all a question. Really, the marrieds and singles, I'm going to ask different questions. And the question I'm going to ask is something I want you to discuss after this service. Because the question is this, for those of you who are married, and that is this. Do we have fun in our marriage? Are we having fun? Is there fun in our marriage? If you're single, here's the question you need to ask. How can I have fun in my marriage? And you're going to discover today how it is possible and how it becomes possible, principles and truths. But going back to those who are married, do we have fun in our marriage? Are we enjoying it or are we enduring it? Too many people are enduring something that they need to be enjoying. Oh, well, we used to, that's what a lot of people say. But we're too busy for that now. We've got too much going on. And who has time to have fun anyway? Stop, 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 stop. You better change your priorities. You better change real quick or you're going to suffer the consequences. You're going to be part of that statistic that says one in two marriages. 50% of marriages today are failing. Come on, we're not living by the stats. We're living by the numbers. What is that? God first, our spouse after, and then we're going to see great results in our lives. 
But listen to me, having fun together is not just a part of your dating history. Oh, we used to have fun. We used to do fun things, but now we don't. It needs to be ongoing, a series of current events. I look at my mum and dad. 45 years on the 28th of this month, they're going to be married. 45 years. You can learn a lot from 45 years of marriage. But you know, one of the greatest things I've learned is they still have fun together. They still enjoy each other's company and they still laugh at each other's jokes. They still pick on each other in a good way. They still enjoy each other's company. Why? Because they've realized that's one of the greatest secrets to making it through life is enjoying each other's company, loving and cherishing each other. Not just saying we're in it, so let's be miserable for the rest of our lives. They're saying, what do we need to do to keep it fresh, vibrant and alive? How can we have the fun that we need? Come on, fun is not just for dating. It was maybe easier when you were dating because there was less distractions. It was before the kids. It was before the other responsibilities and things that have come. But I believe with the proper adjustments, with the right effort and time and the right planning, it is still fully possible and needed for you to have fun in your marriage. Don't fall into those expectations of people saying, oh, well, you just grow up and now you're part of the marriage roles and you lose sight of how much you enjoyed each other and being together. You enjoyed that. You enjoyed that. So why does it happen? Why does the fun go? What takes place? Really, it's both of our faults. It's not just the man's fault. It's not just the lady's fault. It's both of our faults. But one thing we realize is the different makeup, the different structure and the different design of men and women. Men tend to be the pursuers. They tend to pursue where women tend to be the ones that like to be pursued. Men are the ones that love the pursuit. They love the challenge. They love the hunt. The women, they like to be pursued. They play the games. They tease us. They torture us. But they want to be pursued. They just give us enough, but they don't give everything to start with. Men, we love to win, we love to conquer, we love to achieve, and we love to make the kill. But unfortunately, the problem with that is this. When we've made the kill, when we've conquered, what tends to happen is we then look for something else to then win and to then conquer. The same can be true for ladies. We're the cheerleaders. We're cheering you on. Every idea you had is the best idea. And now we're looking at each other going, how dumb are you? Why? Because we loved to be pursued. We love to woo them in. We love to inspire them. We love to believe in them. Setting a big target for us to follow as men. But then when we get married, it seems to all go. The thrill of conquering. The thrill of being pursued and loved is gone. And that's a danger that we all have got to watch. And if we don't make the necessary adjustments, come on, we're going to lose all track of fun. Guys, you need to still be pursuing your wife. There still needs to be things in her that you haven't discovered and things. There needs to be an excitement that you have. But listen, ladies, if he's going to be pursuing you, you've got to be pursued. Come on, you've got to do your part too. Some of you need to discover what makeup is again. Some of you need to trade the flannels in for the silk. Do I hear an amen in the house? Some of you need to make him look like he wants to come home to you. Come on, I mean, just, let's just be kind. We're just telling you the truth today. But if you want to be pursued, you've got to give something for him to pursue. Because you can't complain if he's not making moves towards you if you're on a different planet. 
And we've got to realize that there are needs that we both have. But when we say, I do, it's not the end. I do means what? That I'm going to keep pursuing you. And I'm going to keep being pursued by you. And we're going to keep it fresh. And we're going to keep it exciting together. Because boring and predictable and average is not good for both people. Look at this statement. Fun is not a luxury. It's a necessity and it's a requirement. Some people, when they look at luxury, say, I can live without that. You know what? You can live without a steak and you can live on hamburger helper. You're going to like a steak more than hamburger helper, but you can look at the price difference. There's a big difference. Steak's a luxury. Hamburger helper is something that pretty much everyone can avoid. But what you've got to look at, you've got to realize that love is not a, or fun is not a luxury. It's not something that you can substitute with something else and you can do without. Love and fun is what? It's a necessity and it's a requirement that you've got to have in your life. I came across these two sayings. You may have heard them before. They're kind of sad. They're very funny. But they're really sad. Here's the first one. Are you ready? A man does not know what happiness is. Until he gets married. And by then it's too late to do anything about it. Here's another one for the ladies. Are you ready? Whenever I hear a man say his wife cannot take a joke, I try to remind him that she's already taken the biggest one as she married you. We look at things like that and we laugh. Oh, oh yeah, you know, I used to think I had... Hap- oh, the- Listen, there needs to be happiness and great fulfillment in our marriages. Because that's God's plan for us. We don't want to be a statistic. We want to live by the numbers. We want to prioritize our life. Put God first. We want to be the person, BTP, that they need. Come on. We're going to be the person. We're going to change our behavior real quick because 50-50 odds are not good. Especially in something that's important as a marriage or a future marriage and home. And in his book, From This Day Forward, and I've been reading this book by Craig Rochelle. I love Craig Rochelle. He's got some great books. And I would encourage every one of you as couples and those who are single to get his books. From This Day Forward is awesome. Love, Sex, and Happily Ever After. They're phenomenal books on these subjects that can really help you. But from his book, he makes this quote. Look at it. I've written it on the screen for you today. It says this. Without romance and without adventure, without physical intimacy and without fun, marriage is reduced to a simple business arrangement. Without romance, check them off. Do you have romance? Do you have adventure? Do you have physical intimacy? Do you have fun? For most of us, we have the word lack or no attached to those. No romance or lack of romance. No adventure or lack of romance and adventure. No physical intimacy or lack of physical intimacy. No fun or lack of fun. If you're going down that list today and at least even one of those things are missing, you've got some major problems. And if all of those things are missing, you need to make some major adjustments and really quick because it's no wonder that you're just enduring a marriage instead of enjoying what God wants you to have. I believe your marriage is an investment that pays out. It's an investment that pays out. You will reap the rewards of investing into a marriage. You cannot expect something you're not willing to give. Have you ever heard that? Come on, I want all my needs to be met, but if I'm not given, the Bible speaks about how you receive is in giving. In giving, you shall receive, and here's how you receive. God says, good measure, pressed down, shaken together. How does that start? By me first giving. And that's not talking about money. Did you know that passage is not even talking about money? 
talking about us in our marriages. It's talking about us with the right attitudes. It's talking about us with the right response. That as we give that, then we can expect to receive that back. But we're not given to get. We're given because it's required of us. You see, it takes two to make a marriage. To make it happen God's way, two people have to be given. But it only takes one to break a marriage. It takes one to say, I'm checked out and I don't want to be a part of that. And we're all busy. Let's be honest. We are all busy. Kelly and I know what it is to be busy. We have six kids. That's busy. It's a lot of work. A lot of different schedules and a lot of different things going on. And on top of that, if we weren't busy enough, we just got a puppy three weeks ago. I mean, puppies are a lot of work. Come on, for the first few nights, that thing cried all night long. And then it seems like for the next two weeks, even if you took it out to the bathroom and it went outside, it just liked inside just a little bit better. And you just get frustrated and we're still going through all of that, having to get up early in the morning and and having to let him out and to do all these kind of things. There's a lot of work. And on top of all that, we're running a church. Church can be a lot of work. A lot of things to do to make church happen and to be successful. So we know as good as the most that we have a lot of things and life is really busy. But here's what we've got to look at. Those things are important, yes. But we've got to start looking at our lives and say, what's important and what's essential? It's different. Oh, it's important that our kids play sports, but what's essential is this, that they don't take all our time, that we lose sight of who we are together. Because what's essential in your home is this, you too becoming one in God. That's the essential part. So when we start looking at things in our lives, maybe we need to cut some sports off the kids' schedule. Maybe they can't do every sport. Maybe we need to cut some activities off of the schedule. Maybe we need to cut some gym time. Well, I go to the gym every night because, man, I've got to look good for my wife. If she doesn't even know who you are when you walk in the door and doesn't even care if you're home, who cares how you look? Come on. You're not doing it for her. You're doing it for yourself. And again, there's nothing wrong for doing it for yourself if you're in a love relationship. But let me tell you something. If you're coming home and you're feeling good about yourself and that need's not been met, you're going to find someone else who's going to feel good about you. So you've got to look at yourself and you've got to prioritize and say, those things may be important, but they're not more important and they're not essential for our lives. Maybe my kids need to play an instrument, but they can just play one instead of two or three. We can just look at things in our life because their success is determined upon our success of us making it happen in the homes. And you may say, oh, we can handle it right now. We're doing good. We've got a a spreadsheet and we know where everyone is. And my husband picks them up from school and then he meets me at practice. He drops them off and he picks someone else up and they go here. Listen, I'm telling you, you can only do things like that for a while without it taking toll on your home life and on your relationship. And I'm warning you of these things right now because eventually it's going to hurt. Eventually it's going to have problems. And unfortunately by then it may be too late for you to realize it and own it. And say, now I see. Now I need to. Because I'm telling you right now, are you ready? No one's going to fight for your marriage except you. When's the last time your boss came and told you, Hey, why don't you just take the afternoon off and go and take your wife out? Here's some money, take her out for a nice meal. When's the last time your boss told you to do that? But I tell you what your boss has said, can you stay late tonight? Can you work this weekend? We've got some extra work. Man, I could give you overtime and all. What are they doing? They're taking time away from your 
family. When's the last time a friend came to you and said, man, there's a new movie out. I was going to take you, but instead I want to give you the tickets. I want to pay for you and your spouse to go out. Just have a great night. No, what they're going to be saying, ditch your spouse. Come on, we've been looking forward to this movie. You come out with me. Why? Because no one's going to fight for your marriage except you. No one's going to say no for you except for you. And incidentally, ladies, you need to sign up for the ladies' Bible study because that's what it's all about, the best yes. It's about making the right yeses and also making the right noes and saying, I don't need that in my life. You need to be a part of that. Come on, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, three options that you can be a part. Ladies, you need to sign up. It's important stuff because you need to learn it so you can teach it to us, your husbands. Because it's important that we need to look at not what we need to add to our schedule. We need to start looking about what can we cut off of our schedule so we can work towards that which is the most essential, that we know each other, that we love each other, that we enjoy each other. We've got to refuse to allow our marriages to become all about negotiating the day's transactions. One thing I've discovered is this. People never fall in love having a bad time. If you ever went out on a bad first date, you probably didn't go out for a second date with that person. Come on, you don't say, oh, I love them so much because they, they were the most awful person. You know, their breath stank. We have nothing in common, everything. Oh, but I love them. They're the most. You don't have or fall in love when you have a bad time. But the opposite is so true. Come on. As you have a good time, you fall in love. In your marriage, as you have a good time, you'll continue to fall in love with each other. Singles, remember that. Don't settle for anything than the best. Don't try and say, well, I kind of had a good time. You're either going to have a good time or you're not. And don't build a relationship on the fact of I'm not really sure. Come on. You fall in love when you have a good time. If people didn't have fun when they were dating, they would never get married. They really wouldn't. The reason why you got married is we had fun together. The problem is too many people are having the wrong fun together. Come on. Too many people are having the wrong fun together. And that's not a reason to get married either. Come on, they're having sleepovers. Come on, they're playing house when they've got no business to do that. Come on, the Bible is very clear about the parameters of relationships, and that is this. Listen, sex is good, but God says only in the confines and the boundaries of marriage. Because if you're doing anything outside of that, oh, the world says it's cool, and the world says it's good, and the world says everyone else is doing it. But hey, if you want what everyone else is doing, and you want the results of what everyone else is doing, then you keep doing that. That's 50% of marriages are going to fail, is what the world says. So if you want those odds for your life, then you do what the world says because there's only two foundations you can build on, God's word and the world's way. And if you want the results of God's truth and God's word for your life, you've got to do it God's way. Oh, sex is only good in the parameters of marriage. You may say, where are you from? Sex is good, period. Yes, it maybe is for the stimulation and the pleasure and the satisfaction. But listen, we're not talking about just the moment. We're talking about a lifetime together. We're talking about being together and enjoying each other, making the vow and the commitment and laying the proper foundation so we can be forever together. I hope you're paying attention and listening today because here's what I'm saying. Look at this. If you don't think you have time to have fun, here's the truth. You don't have time not to have fun. If you may say, well, I'm too busy, I don't have time. Listen, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how busy you are, you've got to make room for fun. You've got to have 
fun. It's a non-negotiable for your life. It's like tithing. And you may say, man, Pastor Philip, how do you get to tithing from sex and fun and all these kind of things? Because it's a principle that's the same. Here's where people are when it comes to giving to God. Are you ready? Just like giving to your spouse. They say these words, oh, I don't have enough. If I make more money, when I can afford, then I'll give. I'm telling you, with that mentality, you'll never afford to give because you'll never have what you need to give because God blesses those who give. So it's the same in our lives. Come on, it's God's way. And what happens? The blessings come. But when we don't do it God's way, and we want to do it our way, we're not going to see the fun. We're not going to see the together forever. We're not going to see the happily ever after. We're not going to see the love and to cherish. Listen to this scripture from Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 9 from the New Living Translation. The last part of that verse. Look at the last sentence of that verse. It says, The wife God gives you, is your reward for all your earthly toil. What is a wife? It's a reward that God wants to give each one of us. The New International Version says this. Look what it says. Enjoy life with your wife whom you love. It doesn't get any simpler than that. Enjoy each other. Enjoy the one you love, it says. Not just Love the one you love, but enjoy. Have fun together. Stephen Furtick, I was listening to one of his messages and he was talking to his grandfather and I think they'd been married for 50 years. And he says, man, there's some things here that I need to learn. And he went to his grandfather and he said, give me a secret. Tell me why and how you've made it these years. And his grandfather looked at him and says, always come home. Always come home. He was waiting for more. He thought that was just the lead in and he's sitting there Nothing more came. His grandfather said to him, always come home. That's a good lesson that we can learn. Because remember what we discovered that we should be enjoying? The best time of our day should be the time when it's time to check off work and drive home. Why? Because we're going back to the one we love. We're coming home together. We're going to be together. Come on, that's what we need. No matter the struggles, no matter the hardships, no matter if we've said harsh words, if we've done the wrong things, come on, we need to always come home together and be able to say, I'm sorry. Come on, let's build a relationship. Let's have fun together. Why? Because we just read from the scripture, they are God's reward for you. You are God's reward for each other. So quickly, I want to look at three different ways that I really believe you're going to bring fun back into your marriage or for you to have fun in your future marriage. Three key truths that I'm telling you, you all need to listen to. Number one, are you ready? Face to face time. Face to face time. This predominantly, guys, is for the ladies in the house. Ladies, this is your greatest desire. This is your need that you need. We know some of you don't, but the majority of you do. So guys, don't check off and say, well, this is all for her. You need to know the her stuff. Come on. You need to know the stuff that unlocks her heart and meets her deepest need. It's like the cafe. Have you ever been to Starbucks? Have you ever been to CC's Coffee? What do they have? They have little tables. And if you ever see a group of ladies around one of those coffee tables, what are they doing? Their chairs are pulled all the way in. They're leaning on the table with their coffees and they're each other's face going, wow, can you, they're right in each other's face. They're engaged. But have a look at one of those coffee tables when there's a group of men sitting around it. 
Come on, their chairs are pushed back, their bodies are cocked to the sides, their legs are crossed, they're kind of leaning on the table, taking an occasional glance at each other. But you would think it really strange if you went in a coffee shop and there was a group of men that was... Why? Because men need the shoulder time. Ladies thrive on the face-to-face. They don't feel that you're listening to them unless you're looking at them. They need that time. I know in our house, this is something that I have prioritized. Do I get it right every time? I try to. But one of the things that I've prioritized in my life is this. The first person I find when I get home or come back to my house is this. I try to find Kelly. Now I've got Judah that's running up to me. I've got a dog. I've got other kids. I've got everything that's going on around me and just everything like that. But my first priority when I come in is always to find. The kids can tell you. I'll say these words. Hey, how you all doing? Where's your mom? Where's your mom? Where's she at? Kelly, where are you at? And the first thing that I do when I come in the house is I go and I give her that FaceTime. I give her a kiss and I tell her, I love you. How's your day been, sweetheart? I may have Judah in one hand, I may have the dog now in the other hand. But you know what? I'm giving her her time and showing her that I value her and that she's important to me. Guys, one thing I've learned is this. Some of you may say, my God, if I do that, I'm going to be stuck there for 10 minutes as she's telling me what's happened in her days. Guys, that's going to be the best 10 minutes of your day. Because you're unlocking a need in her that she needs to be fulfilled. You see, Kelly's not having a lot of meaningful conversation with Judah, who's 16 months old throughout a day. Come on, she has no one to really talk to. All the Maddie and different ones will come and go when they're coming back from college and leaving. But they're coming in and out all the time. She's got no one to engage with. She's looking to engage in you. And if you don't give her that time, I hate to say this, but she's going to engage and find someone else that will. So important to give that time. So face-to-face time, there's no ifs or buts about it. It means spending time together in person. You know, I had some couples that come in and they've told me this. You know what? We can't talk to each other, but we can sit and text each other from different rooms for hours every night. I mean, come on. That's not what cell phones were invented for. Come on, that's not what texting is all about. Come on, face-to-face time means spending time together in person and enjoying each other's company. I don't want to sound like a broken record, and I don't want to keep repeating myself. But when you were dating, you had no problem with that. When you were dating, remember you would spend hours on the phone with each other? Hours. If you couldn't be together, you would be looking forward to your lunch breaks. You'd be looking forward to the drive home. You'd be looking forward. Well, you'd spend hours and hours on the phone with each other. Come on, I'm going to ask for a show of hands in a minute. But how many people fell asleep with the phone beside you just hearing them breathe? Come on now. Come on, come on, come on. And that was probably long before there was unlimited data plan. So you know what that meant? Every minute on the cell phone cost you something. You knew you were going to have a big bill, but it's okay. You'd work overtime because why? They were worth every penny of it. You just wanted to spend time with them. You just wanted to hear them breathe. Now we're sleeping in the same bed with each other and their breath is annoying us. You're breathing too loud. Stop your snoring. Something that we loved and paid financially for now has become something that we're like, man, why? What changed? Marriage happened. Isn't it sad that when we were dating, all those things were so great, but then when we get married, it seems like everything changes. It shouldn't. 
and doesn't have to, but it does. It does. Song of Solomon is a book in the Bible. And I say this with tongue in cheek, but let me tell you something. Song of Solomon is one of those PG-13 books too. It's not really advised readership material. If you're reading through the Bible in a year to your kids, I really advise that you skip Song of Solomon until they're about 39 years of age because there's some stuff in there that's kind of tough. You know, oh, that's a good book, but kids will come back to that one. Because you can kind of blush through Songs of Solomon because why? it's a story and it's pretty an explicit story of two people who are in love. And really the whole thought is to show the love that God has to each one of us. But we're going to read a portion of it today. Look what it says in Song of Solomon, chapter 7, verses 1 through 4. It's him dis- displaying or him describing rather his love, the one he loves. He says, how beautiful are your feet in sandals. O prince's daughter, the curves of your thighs are like jewels. The works of your hands of a skillful workman. Your navel, that's your belly button, by the way. Your navel is a rounded goblet and it lacks no blended beverage. Your waist is a heap of wheat. set about with lilies. Your two breasts are like two fawns, the twins of a gazelle. Your neck is like an ivory tower. Your eyes like the pools in Hebron by the gate of Bath Rabi. And your nose, not so sure about this one, but your nose is like a tower of Lebanon which looks towards Damascus. How many would say he could have just said, I like your feet, I like your thighs, I like everything about you, you're pretty hot. But he doesn't just say it like that, does he? He's painting such a vivid picture. He's going into every depth and he's going into every detail. Why is that? Because ladies like details and men like headlines. Come on, men like headlines. Give me the facts, never mind that. But ladies, we like the details. We're not wrong, we're just different. And that's why men, when the ladies, they love it when you want to spend quality time with them. When you're giving them that face-to-face time, it's energizing them. It's unlocking the greatest needs in their life. Why? Because they want to know what you're feeling. They want to know how you're feeling. They want to know why you're feeling. And that can be hard for us guys because a lot of the times we don't know how, what, and why we're feeling. I just am. Well, how? I don't know. Well, you've got to know. No, I don't. But here's where we've got to watch, guys. We've got to watch because when we shut them down, to them, that's shutting them out. And when we shut them out, they, pro- they begin to process the fact that they think that they are at fault and they are the one that's upsetting you. Guys, we've got to learn how to express our feelings. We've got to learn to talk. And all the ladies said, amen. Come on, we've got to express those things. We've got to show them how much they mean to us and showing them is not let's just go to the bed and let's just get it on. Come on now, let's just be truthful. We're in church. It's good to hear the truth. Showing them is not just sex. It starts way before that. Come on, all the ladies know it starts first thing in the morning, how you talk to them, making them coffee in bed. That's a good plus right there. Come on, it starts in the laundry room. And we're talking about that you can take stuff out of the washer and you can put stuff in the dryer too. You can fold the clothes that's in the dryer too. 
Come on, it starts in the sink. Why? Because the dirty dishes can be washed by male and female hands. You can do your part and help. Come on, ladies, it starts behind the vacuum, doesn't it? When they say, let me help. You see, if you want something in life, you've got to be prepared to do what it takes to meet each other's needs. Acts of service is one of the greatest ways I can tell Kelly I love her. So if I want blessings in my life, I'll just do the dishes. And I'll take care. That means more to her than buying her the greatest gifts that I could possibly do. It's just showing her that I care. Come on, we've got to show them. We've got to show them. And let me help you with two words. Are you ready? All the men in here, I'm going to help you out. This is for everyone, but the men in here particularly. Are you ready? Two words. Date night. Date night. The two of you need to discover and have date nights together. I cannot stress this and urge this enough. I believe this is so important. And again, it's not about the price of things. When we think of a date night, we think of a lavish night and, and we've got to save up for it. I, I, I think as a spouse, we need to have at least almost weekly date nights. If not, at least once a month. And once a month should be the bare minimum, at least every other week. You need to have a date night where you're just taking each other out and just doing things. If you can't afford it, I'm telling you, you can't afford not to. It doesn't cost anything to go to the park. It doesn't cost anything to go on the levee. It doesn't cost much to pack a picnic and get a blanket and go out somewhere and just take the time and the energy. And in fact, it's probably going to mean more to them when you take the energy and think creative and do something romantic and loving that they're going to like a whole lot more than just going to a movie and that. And, and, and let me just give that out to you. Nothing wrong with going to a movies, but you can't talk to each other in a movie. Don't let everything you do at the movies, because then you can go out and still be separated. Come on, you've got some grandparents, you've got some family that would love to take care of the grandkids, especially with you out of the way. Because when you're out of the way, guess what they can do? They can feed your kids anything they want. They can pump them with all the sugars they want. They can do whatever. Because grandparents, that's why they were sent this, to this world. They were sent to be a misery to parents. Come on. They were sent to terrorize the kids. So then the parents have to pick up all the... I look at my mom and dad and say, who are you when I see them with my kids? Come on. I remember how they were with me. And I look at them now and say, what happened to them? Because now their motive in life is to spoil the kids where before they made sure that we were... Give them an opportunity. Take care of them. Craig Rochelle in his book says these words. He said, my wife and I, Amy, he said, we got so busy. I think they have six kids too. He said, you know, when you look at all your kids and everything like that, he said, we came to a mutual understanding and a consent that we said, you know, maybe for now we need to just push the date nights aside. We've got so much going on in life and everything. And you know what they concluded? They said they could not believe how much that decision cost them. Because they started hearing conversations and one was talking about things that they were going through in their life. And he started looking and saying, man, I didn't even know she was going through that. And he would hear things and she would, he said, wow. He said, we never realized how important those things were to prioritize each other, to keep the fun in our home. You see, the quality of your marriage will tell if you're regularly investing in face-to-face time. And your relationship will show it. And you know what else it will show? It will show if you're not investing in it. But we have nothing to talk about. But we have nothing in common. When we go out, we just look and stare at each other. You obviously did have something to talk about one day. You need to rediscover each other. You need to love each other. Because if all you have in common is your kids, when your kids are gone, you will have nothing in common. You've got to start having fun together.
You've got to start unlocking each other's heart. And start at the basics. How's your day been today? And then listen. Listen. Listen to what they say. Why? Because she needs FaceTime. Here's the second one. You ready? Guys need shoulder-to-shoulder time. Again, some ladies need this more than men, but it tends to be a men trend that men need this. This is their desire. This is their need. Ladies, all he wants is for you just to be there. He doesn't want you there to talk sometimes. He just wants you there. If he's washing the car, he just wants you to sit outside and watch him wash the car. He doesn't want a running commentary about what you're not doing and what you need to do. He just wants you there. And as he feels you there, he's going to begin to be energized. And when he's washing that car, he's going to start making some moves. He's going to start flexing. He's going to start, come on. Why? Because he's energized by the fact that you are just there. That energizes him. Kelly and I were driving yesterday afternoon to take Molly to a friend's house and Kelly was talking about just how busy we get and things like that and she says you know sometimes I wish I didn't really have anything to do and I could just come to work with you and she said I could just sit in the corner of the office and just stare at you all day. Molly went uh that's gross. Kelly said it's not gross when you realize when you love someone you just want to be there with them. And Kelly realizes that that energizes me as much as we possibly can. Kelly and I do everything together. We look forward to Mondays. Mondays is my day off. Usually we're together all day. Now we have a tag along. We love him. But you know what? You've still got to prioritize that time of being together. Find activities that you can enjoy doing together. For some ladies, you may not enjoy them the activities per se, but enjoy the together. Kelly and I have got that saying too, that we can be going places like yesterday. We were stuck in a lot of traffic to try and go into New Orleans yesterday. And we were like, man, this is crazy. But you know what we look at each other and say so many times? But we're together. But we're together. Could be a lot worse. We could be on our own. We're together. Find activities that you can do. Remember this, it's not just about you. It's about each other. If he likes something, grow to like it. Remember when you were dating, you would go to LSU. Remember when you were dating, you would watch ESPN. And I don't know what you were thinking. I don't know what you were thinking, but many of you were thinking, well, when I get married, he's not going to want to watch this anymore. He's going to want to go shopping with me. He's going to want to be on the HGTV. He's going to want to be... Listen, ladies, magic or marriage is not a magic wand that suddenly changes who we are. Find things that you can enjoy together. At least humor him with those things. Go with him once and for a while. And all the men in the house, don't get upset if she doesn't have the same passion for the things that you enjoy. Because remember, that's a two-way street because you probably don't enjoy going shopping. You probably don't enjoy doing all those things that she likes to do. But what is it about doing? We're together. I may not want to do this, but if I'm with you, There's no greater place I could be. Why? Because we're bringing fun back. Ladies, go into his world. It's not that scary. You may even be surprised that you may find yourself enjoying it. And again, at worst, you're together. But even if you don't enjoy it, even if it is a kind of chore to you, guess what? You're meeting his need. And as you meet his need, guess what happens to you? You get your needs met. You see, there's two times when a guy will open up The first time is this, and ladies are like getting ready. Where's my notes? (laughs) I'm going to write this down. 
Two times a guy will open up to you, or most likely to write, open up to you. Number one, when he's doing something he enjoys. When he's doing something he enjoys, it's a lot of time that he's going to open up. When he's just engaged in that shoulder-to-shoulder time. And the second way he's most likely to open up to you is after he's done something with you that he enjoys. Come on. You may say, oh, they're just perverts. Here they go again. It's all about sex. It's just how God made man. We can't apologize for that and make excuse for that. That's how God made us. In the same way you need face-to-face time, we just need to feel value too. And we need to feel that. So we've got the face-to-face time. We've got the shoulder time that then brings us to number three. And that's to the heart-to-heart time. Heart-to-heart time. And it's not just about skin to skin. It is about that. But, you know, we kind of throw the word sex out a few times in a message because that will at least wake the men up in the house and make sure they're paying attention. But when we get the right things, the face-to-face, the shoulder-to-shoulder, it creates the heart-to-heart times. It creates the physical aspect of our relationship. And it needs to be the physical fun that we have. And it's so important for any marriage. If you want success in marriage, you've got to have intimacy. You've got to have intimacy. Intimacy. Because that's what really two about one is all about, is just having such an intimacy together. I didn't say it's all about sex. It's about intimacy together. And you've got to realize God is into you having fun and intimacy too. How do we know this? Proverbs 5, 18 and 19. Look what it says. Let the fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth. As a loving deer and as a graceful doe, let her breast satisfy you at all times and always be enraptured with her love. That word enraptured is another translation says intoxicated with her love. That word in the Greek means how an animal pursues, attacks and kills another animal for food. That's how Solomon, who was the wisest man who ever lived on the face of the earth. If you're going to listen to someone, listen to God first, but then Solomon's probably number two. Because you can learn so much from the wisest person. And he describes, he could have used any word, he could have used any description, but he says that's how we should feel about each other. Intoxicated, that we're running each other down, that we're pouncing on each other, that we're devouring each other. And what a beautiful picture. And remember, singles, that's just for marriage. But what a picture of just being so intoxicated, enwrapped in each other, so in love, loving and cherishing, enjoying each other. Because God's word tells us that it's not just okay to be consumed by passion for each other. God's word tells us it's a blessing of God. It's a blessing for your home and for your future. Listen to this, what I read from the book, To Have and To Hold. Well, not To Have and To Hold, from this day forward, sorry. Besides being an indicator of the overall health of your marriage, physical intimacy and fun is one of the most powerful things you can do to bring healing to your relationship. It's not just an indicator of the health of your marriage, but it's one of the greatest things that you can do to bring healing in your relationship. Isn't it amazing the greatest thing that can bring healing most times is the last thing that you want to do? Why is that? Because the enemy is fighting against you. Well, he's hurt me so bad. So if he thinks he's getting anything, he can forget that. Isn't it amazing how separation and rejection and abstinence, we can think, I'll show them, but we're really causing a bigger rift and a bigger wound that can take place. Now, please, ladies, understand, we're not belittling your feelings. And I understand 
that there are things that you go through and you may need help with those kind of things. But you've got to watch that you're not living by your feelings. Because feelings can be wrong as well as feelings are right. And we've got to watch that we're not completely governed and driven by our feelings. Some may say, well, I just don't need that. I, I don't need that intimacy. I don't need that. The last time I checked, there was more than just you in the relationship. Come on, there's more than just you. There's him too or her too. And you've got to make sure. And one of the reasons why we check out intimacy in a relationship oftentimes can be because of guilt. Because we've gone places and done things outside of our marriage and our home that we know we're not supposed to. And then we carry the guilt of those. And guilt, what, pushes each other away. Come on, you've got to push down those walls and realize that God wants us to have fun together in face-to-face, shoulder-to-shoulder, but intimately as we physically come together also. But guys, don't let everything become sexual. This is a complaint I hear from a lot of people, but every time he touches me, he just gropes me. Come on, don't make everything be sexual. Remember, she wants to be pursued, and you pursue her with your love with your respect and your time. In the same ways that you're stimulated by touch and by the visual things, she's stimulated by what? By your words, by your time, by your affections. You touch her emotionally, I'm telling you, without sexual goals, and you touch her emotionally, all your sexual goals will be met. But if that's the only reason, you're probably going to be shut down a few times because she's going to say, is that all I am to you? I'm of no value and nothing else outside of that. Let me remind you of this scripture, can I, from 1 Corinthians 7, verse 5. I don't have it on the screen. This is something that just came to me as I was looking over my message this morning. 1 Corinthians 7 and verse 5 says this, Do not deprive one another, and it's talking sexually. Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time. And it says that you may give yourself to fasting and prayer. It says, and come together again, speaking about having intimacy again. Why? So that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Notice what he says there. Deprive one another only with mutual consent. That means that the two of you are agreeing on that. Not one stone calling the other and just leaving each other out. That there's a mutual consent. Why? Because you need to come together because you're giving Satan a foothold. You're giving him an opportunity in your relationship that's not good. And he's going to start working on the lack of self-control. In other words, if you're not getting it at home, you're going to start looking somewhere else to get it got to watch these things. And I'll say this as kind as I can, and and no man paid me to say this, but I'll take some money at the end for saying this. Come on, men. Here's what we'd like you ladies to hear. You ready? Make an approach to. Come on, you make the approach to. You initiate from time to time. You may say, well, he always needs to do that. You know what? Maybe he's tired of doing that because he's been shut down and rejected so many times. You make the initiation to. I know, ladies, you may say, well, I want more romance. I want him to be more loving. I want him to be more caring. I want him to be more giving. You know, there's a golden rule that spells that all out. You know what the golden rule is? Matthew 7, 12. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you. What does it say? You do to them. If you want to be loved, if you want to be cared for, if you want to be cherished, then you do to them. 
you give to them. There has to be a team response, each doing our part, doing everything to make sure fun is present in your marriage. Come on, the goal is for both of us to have fun and to enjoy life together. I need to close, but let me give you this scripture, Revelations 2 verse 5. It says this, the first part of that verse, it says, Remember therefore from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first work. Remember where you used to be, that you've fallen from, that place of fun where you loved each other's company, you had a great relationship, you would talk for hours, you enjoyed each other. Remember from where you have fallen. And what does he say to do? Repent, not only to God, but to each other. I'm sorry that I've let fun die. I'm sorry I've stopped pursuing you. I'm sorry that I've stopped allowing you to pursue me. And I'm sorry for these things. And what does he say? And then what? Do the first work. Go back to that which built your relationship in the first place. Come on, if you want what you once had, you've got to start doing what you once did. And do it again. Look at this statement. Are you ready? Feelings follow actions. The world wants to tell us it's the other way around, that actions follow feelings. Well, that's what it is, that feelings follow actions, rather. Think about that. Your feelings will follow your actions, not your actions follow the feeling. So if you're not feeling it, you start acting. Why? Because in acting, you'll begin to feel. In giving, you'll begin to receive. You got married because you had fun. Start having fun again. Seek God together. Your number one is to seek God. And then with your number two, which is your spouse, live by the numbers, not the stats. And as I close, here's where the title of the message came from. The title of our message today is this. Turn on the sprinkler. Turn on the sprinkler. Why do we say that? Because here, if the grass is greener somewhere else, it's time to water your own yard. Come on, if the grass is green as someone else, it's time to water your own yard. It's time to take care of your own marriage and your own family. I've got a little saying on my wall in my office, the grass is always greener around the outhouse. Come on, you've got to turn on the sprinkler. You've got to invest in that which God has given you. You've got to prepare for that which God wants to give you if you're single. You've got to put things into play. And here's the last scripture, and it's a good one. Matthew 19, verse 26. It says this. Jesus looked at them and said, With men, this is impossible. You may be sitting there and saying it's impossible. There's no way we can ever have fun again. With man, it's impossible. But notice the last part. But God says, but with me. But through God, all things are possible. That means your marriage too. The fact that you can have fun together. The fact that you can have face to face, shoulder to shoulder, heart to heart time. That you can build again. Why? Because fun is not a luxury. Come on. Fun is the necessity and the requirement for us to build lasting happiness. Come on. Turn on the sprinkler. And remember this. There's no hose pipe ban. In the summertime when there's no water, what do they say? You can't turn on the sprinkler because there's, not, there's a water shortage. There's no water shortage. Turn on that sprinkler. Keep giving, keep giving, keep giving. And I'm telling you, as you give, the Bible says you will receive. And God says when you give that way, you will receive this way, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Meaning what? You'll get back more than you give. Just bow your heads in this place right now. I wonder... What maybe today has been spoken about. I wonder today what we've discussed today that you would say, you know what, God's just really dealing with me. 
What is it that God's dealing with you? Maybe those of you who are married, you know what? You're right. I haven't been pursuing them. I haven't given the pursuit lately. I need to change some things. I need to make things right. Maybe if you're single, you're saying, man, goodness me, I, I'm going to set these priorities for my life. I'm gonna, not going to walk outside of these. I'm going to see. I wonder what it is that God has spoken to you about today. Whatever it is, you need to act upon it. I wonder how many people have been challenged today by just something today. Come on, let me see a show of hands. You've been challenged by something today. Come on. Been challenged by something today. God wants to change us. Would you stand to your feet with us today? I want to pray for you today. I want to pray for those of you who are married today, if you've got your spouse with you, or if you're in a relationship engaged or whatever, and they're around you. I'd love you just to take the hand of your spouse right now. And for everyone else who's single and or maybe your spouse is not here, here's what I want you to do. I want you just to put your hands over your heart right now because that's where you need to guard. You've got to guard your heart. You've got to guard your heart because the enemy wants to come in and steal your heart. He wants to take away, I'm telling you, with all the wrong things, you've got to guard your heart. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for those who are married here right now. God, I pray that we would put all the necessary effort in to create in a marriage that's fun. That, God, we would do things your way. That we would build on a lasting foundation. God, that we would retake the test and get a higher grade this time. Why? Because we're going to realize the importance of time together, shoulder to shoulder, face to face. And the importance of bringing back intimacy into our marriage, into our home. That we would look for ways to develop and build fun. That we'd become each other's best friends. That, God, we would see blessing in our marriage and home. And God, for those who are single, God, we just pray right now that you would guard their hearts. That God, these principles and truths, God, would be something that they would lock away, that they would not freely give just to anyone. And God, even giving them to people, God, they would give them in the parameters of your word, not giving all of themselves. Because God, that's reserved for that special one when we get married. But God, we would ask that you would guard our hearts and lead us and guide us and God, we pray that, God, the marriage we're preparing for is going to be the greatest marriage ever. God, those who are in a marriage right now, that, God, their marriage would be better. They they would sit down and say, how can we make it fun? What can we do? That, God, they would be honest with each other, that we would repent and say sorry, and we would look to build, God, on a foundation that we once had. And, God, if we never have had that foundation, God, this is never too late to start building on one today. And you want to be that for our lives. We thank you, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heartseas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.